previously on Attempted Adventure. Suddenly the three of you see a bright red flash and then a crackle of lightning. Down from the sky, a streak of red. It shoots off like a firework and you see an explosion, a plume of red smoke. We gotta go check that out. ASAP. As you gaze into the crater, you see something glitters and glistens at the base of it. I'm gonna go down there. You see five red feathers, a smattering of dust that looks like a different kind of sand. Uh, it looks like perhaps this uh, creature went that way. This away! You find yourselves entering Conistry. You see a girl standing over the water. Everybody sees a crackle of red static. All of a sudden, it's nighttime. Now it is a rampant, warring village. He found a way out. Go hide and wait for me to come get you. Is anybody going to come with me? I will. Okay, well, yo, all right. It's better than no one. Let's go. I run to go help Mido. Welcome back, adventurer. Are you ready to give it a try? You pop out on the other side and you see this big open plain between you and the edge of the woods. Are you crossing the woods? You don't see Jean-Pierre and Marsha. Do we see anyone? We don't see like the... Do you want to make a perception check? Yeah. Yeah. 17. 16. Uh, 16. Okay, so all three of you see this big flaming barricade at the western exit to town. You see that there is no fire to your right, which is north, and you see just a few people in these skull masks lurking about uh, around the exit to town and a little bit around the edge of the forest, but it doesn't seem like they're really spread out much. It kind of seems like they're kind of dotted around here. You can kind of tell that if you made a pretty good stealth check, you could make it to the edge of the forest without being seen. I'm feeling stealthy. I got that monk stealth, though. I just want the guy from Jurassic Park to appear over me and be like, clever girl. <laughs> okay. Make a stealth check as you try to uh, cross the plane. Uh, 18. 14. 30, 20. Jesus. Nice. Yes, you make it across uh, without a trace. You are not spotted by any of these skull masked men uh, and you enter the edge of the forest. But while all of that is happening, um, the end of your fight included... It is JP's turn again. He has just yeah. been hit in the head with a club. And he just Marcia got is, conked. Marcia is still being held by the collar by the man you hit with the arrow. Indeed. It's whose turn is it? The guy with your, the Marcia. No, oh, your, it's my turn? Your turn, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I'm going to draw my rapier on him. Shout, Ungald. That was a horrible what? French accent. I did a really what? good job on that one. Oh, on dear. what? Yeah, great. And then I... Do a little hopping around and lunge forward and go to strike him in the chest. Okay. And this is the guy who's not holding. Yeah, this is the guy who just hit you with a club. 
I do not like Club Boy. Uh, a 21 to hit. Fully hits. Cool. Uh, 1d8 plus 3. So 9. Uh, okay. Yeah, he looks pretty worse for wear. It looks like you took a huge chunk out of this guy. And the guy holding Marsha sees this and grips her tighter, pulling her closer to his body as he watches you brutalize his friend. And he pulls a knife out of his pocket and puts it to Marsha's throat as you stand there. And he is going to skip his turn to try to persuade you. Oh, good. He's got a knife to her throat. Uh, He's not intimidating you but he's not immediately attacking her and if you you can't really tell if he's foregoing his turn for later in the initiative or if he is waiting to make an uh you know what do you call it attack yeah okay is club guy i'm sort of in between them right club guy is reeling from the slash you just put across his chest i turn towards knife guy and yell don't delta or else he kind of clutches her closer and she whimpers in his hand as he presses the steel against her throat. And he says, are you causing a ruckus in this town? We're taking this town. Are you the one hurting our men out there? No, this town is yours. He does not believe you. But as this is happening, you hear a rustling behind him in the woods. And hold on. He does not hear it. Cool. I say... No, uh, we were in the woods on our way past the town. We did not realize this was happening. We wish to go on our way. He doesn't get a chance to answer as his turn is skipped and the guy with the club stands up and readies himself to attack you again with his club. That's a nine. Uh, no. Okay, he misses and it's your turn now. Cool. All I want to do is get around to, like, the side of the guy and hold my rapier point to his throat so I can just do, like, a... I'm not trying to kill anybody. I just want the girl. We will leave. I won't kill your friend. Okay. Yes, uh, you do that. That's I would say that's just a movement to get over there. You still have an action if that's all you're doing. Unless you want to just forego it. No, that's okay. I think I'm going to skip... The action. Okay. He uh, grits his teeth as your rapier comes up under his chin, uh, and he grips the handle of his knife tighter. But as he does that... Nope, still doesn't hear it. Uh, You see a few feet behind him, Mido, Isla, and Billy creeping through the forest in major stealth mode and i'm sorry you see mido isla and a very small dinosaur creeping through the woods (laughs) wonderful i don't think so um (laughs) and so you see this scene as well you see from behind a man you don't recognize with jean-pierre's rapier underneath his chin and you just see the back of marcia's dress dangling above the ground in this man's arms i yell something about I would ask that you take the knife away from that girl's throat now, just to give them an idea of what's going on in front of this man. I want you three to roll initiative so I can insert you. Okay. 14. Five. Uh, 17. We'll say that was part of JP's turn. That means it's Isla's next. Um, and he doesn't see you coming, so you can take advantage on this attack or whatever you're going to do. Okay. I think I'm again going to do ice knife on the guy that's holding Marsha. Okay. 
take this attack with advantage. So you roll twice and take the higher. That was a 14. That one doesn't hit. That was a 16. That one does hit. Woo! Woo! And so I'm going to do 1d10 damage. Okay. That's an 8. Okay. Uh, From behind him, he feels a thunk of this magic ice knife in his back, and he takes half of his remaining HP as damage. And upon this drops Marsha to the ground and she kind of clutches at her throat where her dress was riding up and making it hard for her to breathe and there's a little bit of a nick on her throat from sliding past the knife and next in the order is Mido. You do not get advantage on this because he is now aware of your existence. Okay, I'm gonna punch him. Okay. 11. Doesn't hit. Fuck. Next in the order is Billy and uh, as this is happening, Marsha rushes off further into the woods Uh, She's not quite out of sight, but she's disappearing into some brush as Billy is taking her turn. Okay, does Marsha think it's cool that I'm a dinosaur? Or is she scared of me because I'm a dinosaur? No, she's (laughs) scared of the fucking dudes with knives and clubs. Okay, well, to put her at ease, I'm going to slash at the closest guy with my pretty claws. That would be knife guy. It's a two. Does not hit. (laughs) Okay, that's going to bring it to knife guy, and he's going to swing around and lunge at Isla, who is the closest to him. I guess with his knife. He's already got it out. Might as well. Might as well. Does a 15 hit Isla? It matches. So, yes. So I'm going to do 1d4 plus his strength. That would be five damage, Ms. Isla. Damn. Sorry. And next in the order is Club Guy, who is up on you. He's the one I'm sticking the thing against, right? Yes. Cool. He's just going to sidestep in a direction that your dagger is or your rapier is not pointing because he also is going to try to get a swing on you with his club again. Okay. And he needs to be within reach of you for that. So. Oh, can you stay in the little thing, please? <laughs> uh, That's a 12. No. Okay, so he misses as he tries to like do this weird like kind of sidestep and swing thing towards your <laughs> abdomen, and he misses. And next, it's your turn, JP. Then I'm going for his uh, throat. Okay. I'm, I'm lunging again. I want to stab him. Lunge at this guy. Uh, a 17 to hit. Oh, that so hits. Nice. Um, and it is, where are the other three? Nobody's close to a club guy, are they? No, you're the closest to club guy. They're all kind of like at the uh, edge of this kerfuffle towards knife guy. Cool. Uh, Seven piercing. Ouch. He's not looking great. I'll tell you that much. Excellent. He's actively bleeding. And next in the order is Isla. I'm going to do frostbite on club guy. Okay. Constitution saving. Okay. Four. That don't do it. I didn't think so. Uh, I'm going to do 1d6. Okay. It's a five. He's dead. Wow. Nice. So he drops dead in front of you, Jean-Pierre, and next in the order is Mido. Okay. Is knife guy dead? No, he's standing there. Okay. He got thumped in the back and he turned around to stab Isla. He didn't fall. He just got thumped. Okay. I'm going for him. Uh, 19. Hits. What are you doing? Going to hit him with my spear. Okay. And that's six damage. Ouch. He's got one hit point left. Oh, sick. I'm going to do flurry of blows so I can get the kill. 
Okay. Mark that key point. Gotcha. 16. Hits. Hell yeah. Okay. You you spear him and then leap into the air, punching him rapidly as you do so. Uh, and he falls to the ground. The amount of bludgeoning and piercing damage he takes from you all at once is enough to kill him. And now you are standing here with these two dead bodies and no little girl. Everybody make a perception check. 11. Seven. It's a six. I'm blinking around my weird reptile eyeballs. You can end that spell whenever you want, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I reluctantly shape back. All right. Oh. Ah. I thought you recruited a dinosaur. Uh, Bonjour, Billy. (laughs) I thought you recruited a dinosaur. (laughs) I will not lie. You thought we recruited a dinosaur and lost Billy. I do not know what is happening. We may, maybe we have been transported to a land where dinosaurs run cities. I do not know. <laughs> I accept your offer for leadership. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Welcome back, Billy. Let us go find a child, shall we? Okay. Yeah, you guys don't see any sight of her. You just see um, uh, like a few broken branches from where she. you saw her break through the bush, but you didn't see her at all past that it's quite dark out and uh jean-pierre you can still see that kind of flicker of light that you couldn't make out before okay can i like crouching tiger hidden dragon like climb my way up for a better view a tree yeah like flip up a tree well first make an athletics check to climb a tree we do be climbing we do be climbing uh 14 yeah you're up there make a perception check with advantage okay uh four and 16. You see a whisk of pastel fabric sitting between two low bushes about 25, 30 feet ahead. Seems like she just made a straight shot and then stopped when she felt safe. Do you see her? I shout up at Mido. Do you shout? Well, I mean, how high away? How far away is he? Loud enough that I know he hears me. Not like I'm not yeah, screaming okay. if I don't have to be. All right. He's in a tree right above you. Ain't no thing. <laughs> I can actually hear everything you're saying. <laughs> pretty clearly fair enough okay yeah he points the way you guys all can kind of tell she went a straight shot forward from here i move towards her where she is and i whisper while i approach so she doesn't fucking shit her pants okay her dress you approach and she hears your voice your very thick accent approaching towards her as you very cautiously crawl through these woods and you approach her and she is sitting clutching her knees between these two bushes, silent tears streaming down her face. Isla is also having a panic attack about what just happened (laughs) and sits next to her and does the same thing. Okay. Jean-Pierre says, I know that was very scary. Uh, And I notice Isla and I'm like, oh, okay, both of you. I realize it was very, (laughs) I realize that was very scary, but you both did an excellent job. You did very good. You, uh, I promote you to uh, leaders. You are both leaders of the group now. You are incredible. Uh, we have to keep going. Stand up. Let's go. Uh, make a persuasion check with advantage on Marshall, please. 21. Yeah, she uh, wipes away a tear and kind of like, you see a, a like a tinge of a smile in the corner of her mouth and she pulls herself up and dusts off her dress uh, and kind of clutches at the hem of your shirt as you Get ready to lead her onward. Aww. Aww. I look at her and I say, okay, I was wrong. I do not hate you. You are very nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, <laughs> let's go. 
Okay. So, JP, if you're leading, are you going towards that light again? Uh, No. Now that I know bad guys were coming from it, I'm moving away from it. To be fair, I'll tell you this, and JP would have noticed this. The guy, bad guys came from a different direction. It was just that you rolled a bad stealth oh. uh, while you were creeping towards the light. Um, and you still know that it's a different type of light than the fire from their barricade. In that case, I say... Uh, there was a, uh, a light burning off in that direction. Uh, perhaps uh, some of us should uh, investigate. How do you want to do that? Do you want to break up or do you want to all creep towards it? Can I creep towards it? Sure. On your lonesome so you can get a, a look at it and come back? Yeah, like climb that way without being seen. Yeah, make a perception check as you push forward through the treetops in the direction Jean-Pierre pointed you. Uh, 18. Okay, as you hop from tree to tree, you see this flicker of light off in the distance, and you get a pretty good distance away from your party before you see what looks like dense red static. Just a wall of dense red static, ground to sky. Oh, shit. Okay, um, I go tell my friends that. Like, I climb back through the trees and, you know discreetly drop down. Perhaps it will take us back to the uh, our real present then. Or back to a hell world or completely vaporize <sighs> This us. is true. Both are equally likely. Uh, I vote my dog goes first and if it's hell, he comes back and tells us. Oh, what? I don't want to go through. Uh, thank you for volunteering, my dog. No. Uh, into the fold. Oh. Excellent. Uh, good luck. <laughs> bon okay. chance. Uh, bon voyage. Allez. Hey. Oh, if it kills me, I won't be able to tell you. You'll just be short one monk. Me, I know. This is why I tell you this. (laughs) Fuck. Okay, fuck it. Billy is just going to rush in head first. (laughs) (laughs) For real? No, not really. I don't like the tone in which you just said that. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Never mind. Uh, uh, Perhaps uh, stick your head through and... If it's good, thumbs up. If it's bad, thumbs down. If it's bad and she sticks her head in. (laughs) Well, then you have no head and you don't use your thumb. I don't know what to tell you. I just, like, want to use my druid power to figure out what it's going to do first. You guys can roll for Arcana if you want. Oh, baby, it's a 19. Okay. Oh, my. Isla, are you also rolling? Yes. 17. Okay. Isla, you don't really see anything. This is so far out of your wheelhouse. You're a natural magic user. Mm-hmm. This None of this makes any sense to you. You coasted through your magic classes. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, being someone who has studied magic and druidic magic for her whole life, you see that this static electricity that is like a silent wall all the way from the floor to as high as you can see has the same arcana kind of like aura about it as the feathers that you hold these feathers seem to have an energy that sort of mimics the red static almost as if they're cut from the same cloth of some sort and you also see with that great check the little pouch of sand that you have has an almost fluid blue arcana kind of energy around it almost something that like completely contrasts it like almost complements it in a way like they kind of have this like opposite ends of the spectrum energy of them okay i show my friends and i'm like 
Guys, look at my magic sand sample. It's like they're friends. Should we try to put the feathers through it? I guess, maybe? This I know nothing about magic. I cook for God's sake. Yeah, I only know punching magic. So What if I just like hold it out to the wall of static? You place it in the wall? Yeah, it's it's okay. I have two of them, so it's no big deal if it comes back disintegrated. Okay, the feather seems to touch the static with no issue. Nothing seems to happen to it. And if you even like move it back towards you a little bit, nothing has happened to it as it passed through a bit of the static. Isla picks up a rock off the ground and tosses it through. The rock, as it passes through, you see just as it hits the wall, static crackle around it but it disappears and you don't see it land on the other side through the kind of hardly transparent wall in front of you. Uh, Perhaps if we are holding the feather, we will be all right when we pass through. That is my best idea. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm willing to, like, test that. No, thank goodness. I was not going to do it. You're holding the feather and you're trying to step through the wall? Yeah. Make a constitution saving throw. Oh, dear uh, God. A nine? Nope. <laughs> Shit. I really liked Mido. Uh, okay, hold on. Please hold. What nightmares do you think Jamie is cooking up right now? I don't want to know. So you see as Mido reaches his outstretched hand through the wall and disappears through it. He is gone. No longer to your sight. The red static didn't crackle around him like it did with the rock. It, he passed through seemingly unharmed as he stepped through with his feather, but you don't see him. And you don't see him on the other side through the barely, barely transparent wall. You have no idea what just happened to Mido. Uh, well, I heard no screams of agony, so I feel like that was the right thing to do. But... Uh... What do I know? Oh, you know Billy is gearing up to jump through that wall. Make a constitution saving throw. I like that the constitution saving throw implies either Mido just was disintegrated or if you don't roll high enough, you die. I think Jamie's just getting us all to walk through the wall and we're all dead. End of the campaign. You know what? I get it. Oh no, I'm going to jump through and Jamie's just going to send me a blank character sheet. I can't start over. (laughs) Start again. It's a 13. So ominous. Okay. uh, Billy confidently steps through the wall as well. And as she disappears, same thing. No static around her. No screams. She steps through the wall and you do not see her on the other side. And uh, Marsha is starting to wring the edge of her dress. She's very nervous about this. She doesn't seem to understand what's happening. And she's beginning to freak out about it. She's like, where are they going? Are they all right? Are they dying on the other side? What? What is this? Is this magic? What is this crazy shit? I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to curse. Um, this uh crazy. Yes, that is very bad. Don't say swear words. You are oh, too small. You. Sorry. Yes, my size is definitely the factor here. Yes, it is. What are we doing? Are we going? Uh, are we going through? How old is she? I was thinking like ten. Like eight or nine. Yeah. Cool. She's cool. small. She's small. She's been um, a fucking champ through this. She really has. Um, so Isla and I are the last two over here, right? With Marsha? With with Marsha, yep. Okay. Um, I look at Marsha and I say, okay, I will be honest. I have no idea what's going on. I know about as much as you do. Um, 
But sometimes uh, going on adventures is about taking uh, risks. And so this is a risk and we will take it and either we will go back home or we will evaporate into the air. I know not what will happen, but uh, I feel deep in my heart that the chances are good we will go home. Make a persuasion check. I know that wasn't very persuading, so. You tried. Um, You've thus far had a good record with her, so. 16. No, 15. Sorry, I can't do math. She uh, kind of steadies herself, uh, kind of does a little bit of deep breathing and grabs tighter on the hem of your shirt. And she says, okay, we shall give it a try, though it may ruin my very pretty little dress. Well, when this is all oh over. God, I would die for this little Tahani child. I love her. It is. Ta- oh, my God. Oh, she is a little tiny Tahani. Isn't she, she is Tahani. Tiny Tahani. Tiny Tahani. Tiny Tahani. Um, yeah. Okay. I take her hand and I pull out my feather and I say, well, wherever we go, at least you will have us on the other side. Right. And I grab her other hand. So I'm on like the other side of her. Oh, Ow, tears start welling up in her eyes and uh, she looks down confidently at the feather still tucked into her waistband and she nods to both of you as you all three step through the wall mm-hmm. yes indeed and let's all three make a constitution saving jamie check. if something bad happens to her i'm going to walk out of my room into the room you're in and just start hitting you <laughs> i got a dirt and net 20 wow so it's 25 i got a 10 as you step through Isla, you are able to step through without a scratch. Jean-Pierre, you take four points of damage and Marcia takes three, but otherwise you are unscathed as you appear back in sunny morning Conistry, present day Conistry. And there standing waiting for you are Mido and Billy. How fucked up does three damage make Marcia? Hardly. She's got she's oh, got 11 cool. hit points, but it's, you know, it just it was like a shock. Cool. As she steps through, she kind of yelps at that, but seeing that she's still got all of her limbs, that she's still holding your hands and is otherwise unscathed from that complete nightmare, she smiles up at you ear to ear. And there is no red static wall behind you. Whatever wall you stepped through was only in that other place that you were in, the other conistry. And it seems as though no time has passed. And looking around, the people walking around on these streets and going to their jobs and working in the farms do not seem to have noticed anything that has just happened. Okay. Uh, Mido asks Tiny Tahani, like, if she has a family. Like, where can we escort you to recuperate, noble lady? <laughs> uh, yes, perhaps we should take you back to uh, wherever you call home. Well, I'm sure that we, we, we were over there for quite a while. I'm sure Mama and Papa have been searching for me endlessly. So, um, yes, I suppose... You could come have a rest and a meal in my home. I don't know that we have room for all four of you, but um, there is an inn in town if we can't support your needs. Uh, and as she's saying this, you hear from uh, maybe about 25, 30 feet away. Oh, my goodness. Marsha May, where have you been? It's time for breakfast. Have you been at that pond all day? And uh, uh, a very tall woman with her hair up in a very classy bun and a high-necked dress on comes rushing over to you. And she says, who are these strangers that you're holding hands with? And she kind of takes Marsha's hands out of yours. 
uh, our apologies. We uh, we are new to this town, and Marsha was helping us uh, as a tour guide. She's a very uh, smart uh, young girl. Marsha is smiling at you all the way, but her mother looks at you and looks down at Marsha at her dirtied and torn and roughed up dress. Uh, she has like an actual like mark on her neck. A knife cut on her throat. She has a knife cut on her throat and she says, what have you done to my little Marsha May? How dare you touch my darling daughter? Uh, I am uh, sorry that she's uh, looking a little worse for the wear, but uh, she uh, went through uh, a lot protecting us from the uh, dangers of this town. What dangers? And uh, Marsha looks up at her and she says, Don't worry, Mama. It's fine. We just had a bit of a romp in the fields. Nothing a little soap and water wouldn't fix up. My dress will just have to go in the bin. And uh, her mother looks absolutely appalled that Marsha May just said that. And she says, You are coming home for dinner right away. And uh, she pulls her along down the street. And Marsha kind of looks back at you over her shoulder and uh, kind of looks a little panicked. And um, she wrenches her hand out of her mom's and she runs back up to you. And her mom's kind of like, what are you doing, Marsha May? And she runs up to you, gives you each a hug and then hands you her red feather. She says, I think I've had quite enough of skipping between red walls for the day and forever, perhaps. So I'll give this back to you. She has become older and more regent sounding by the moment. I have no I fucking love clue what so the much. accent is. I can't pin it down. I'm just letting it happen. I Teeny love tiny her. Tiny. Uh, and she rushes off with her mother skipping down the road. Um, you guys stand here now with six red feathers. Um, and Billy and Isla, why don't you both make an arcana check? Twelve. Fourteen. Uh, okay. These feathers are all the same. They have that same uh aura that the wall did and uh you you both see this kind of blue aura of the sand now and you see a faint red outline far off towards the north east side of town billy i don't think we're done yet (laughs) (laughs) what do you see a magical silhouette and i point in the direction nuh-uh I am not going towards the Shadow Man. Every move we make seems to make things worse. I suppose we have to uh, move toward it and find out. Come <laughs> al- and I slap Mido on the arm and I'm like, come along, hero to be. Let us investigate. And then I realize I'm walking towards something I can't see and I turn around and I'm like, sorry, <laughs> where is it? Uh, is it? Am I near it? Here? And I just like point. No, sorry. Yep, yep. Here? you're close. Cup this you, way, and I will lead. Tw- left, right. No, this okay. just this way. Oh, okay, no. okay. No, this <laughs> way. Okay. So, uh, Billy and Isla lead you guys towards the northeast side of town, where you see on your map a very large oh drinking well in the center of a stone cul-de-sac. As you approach, you notice that you are in the Wood Elf Rangers district. They all have round kind of yurt-like huts that they live inside of, and there is a round drinking well in a cul-de-sac in their area. And Isla and Billy, you see the silhouette as you approach sitting in this drinking well. Do you approach? Very cautiously, yes. Make an investigation check, both of you. A natural 20. Wow. 
17. Okay. Isla, you can still see the silhouette of this small object, but you can't really seem to pinpoint it. Billy, as you approach, you see it. You see a flap of some sort of fabric with this glowing red outline stuck beneath a shingle on the roof of this drinking well. Do we see the piece of fabric, but not the aura? Or do we not see any of it? I would think that if Billy points it out to you, I don't think, I think it's small enough that you wouldn't see it unless you were looking for it. Oh, okay. Uh, should we get it? Oh, I can, uh, I'm going to reach out my spear, like, to, like, gently lift it out, you know? Uh, okay. Make a... What? <laughs> How the fuck? <laughs> Make a dexterity check to see if you can use your spear to jimmy the fabric loose. Okay. Uh, a 15. You loosen oh. it from underneath the shingle and you don't spear it, you don't pierce it, but as you loosen it, it kind of flitters and floats down and, and lands on the surface of the water. Shit. Which is raised pretty high in this well. Okay. Uh, I fish it out gently on the tip of my spear. Okay, you have a sopping wet piece of red fabric on the end <laughs> of your spear. Good. W- what is it? I look at Billy and I'm like, what? what is it? So you use napkin, apparently. Ar- roll an arcana. 12. All you can tell is that it has a very similar essence to the feathers, but a much more kind of erratic and almost, from what you can tell, dangerous type of essence, comparatively. I want to touch it. I just want to pick it up. Uh, Okay. Make a constitution saving throw. Oh, no. 14. Yeah, you're fine. Do I have it? I pick it up? Yeah, you pick it up. You do not get shocked, but um, it you can feel it's kind of, it's almost like, like you can feel electricity coursing into you, but very, very gently and not painfully. Hmm. Like kind of like you're holding a little bit of life in your hands, but you can't really tell how. I say, uh, it uh, it feels like it is alive or it is uh, energetic or something. I don't really know how to describe it. It is uh, very strange. Uh, Billy and Isla make an investigation check. Or a perception check, rather. 11. 16. No, wait. Plus 4. Dirty 20. You still see the aura around it. You see a little bit of that red static coming from it and kind of surrounding JP's hands as he's holding it, but he doesn't seem to be taking any damage from it. Um, And you see, again, the faint blue glow from inside the pouch holding the sand that Billy has gathered that kind of brightly contrasts the red erratic static of the aura of these things with its own kind of fluid blue calming aura okay guys what if we put this fabric in the sand do you think that would do something probably i suppose so uh are you tossing jp the blue pouch or are jp you dropping the fabric in the blue pouch I guess I'll drop it in the pouch if she has it, like, outstretched at me. I have outstretched it. Okay. And I drop it in. You drop Fuck, the... Fuck, it explodes. We all die. It's a grenade. <laughs> you drop the strip of fabric in the um, the pouch, and you 
you can't see this, uh, JP or Mido, but uh, JP, you can kind of feel it as the life of this fa- fabric leaves your hand. Um, Isla and Billy, you see the kind of raging red static aura of the fabric nullify and soften as it enters the sand and the blue sand kind of washes over it and takes away that erratic raging dangerous static from this piece of fabric and now it is just a magical glowing piece of fabric from um a garment that it is no longer attached to and it no longer holds the power of glowing as in like light i can see it or it's still that's still an aura that only they can see it's still an aura only they can see it's just kind of, it's the fabric itself is kind of iridescent almost like an oil spill on red fabric like it kind of shimmers in different colors mm. under the light um but you know you were distracted by the life in your hands and they were distracted by the arcane aura glowing around it kind of there's definitely a lot of power in that cloth this piece of debris has been nullified from the sand i tell them that Should i we put Feathers in there, also, or I uh, well, it seems like the only thing that uh, helped us to escape last time was the uh, magical feather. I would hesitate to uh, destroy that in case we are whisked away to hell on earth part two <laughs> or hell on oxier. I I presume. <laughs> uh, as you guys are standing here talking. Garidriel approaches, flanked again by now four other wood elves, all dressed in their Rangers Association gear. And he approaches and kind of gives you a polite head nod and says, Hello, um, again, greetings. I hope you've had a fine morning in our town. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I've sent out some of my Rangers in search of the tracks and or... Um, identifiers of the creature that you are searching for and if i find anything i will let you know post haste i have uh. i have the best rangers here they are great at tracking so um stick around and i will let you know if we find anything as well and i would hope you would do the same for me so that i can cancel the work order if you end up finding what you're looking for and move on your way yeah. will do thank you very much of course, it's only polite. Seems, I'm sorry, this may be rude of me. Are you all okay? You seem a bit injured. No, I am in great pain. Oh. But, you know, I will, I will live. It is whatever. Life is pain, I'm right? Uh, anyway. well, I, would Im- I would implore you to um, <laughs> rest. Rest. Yes, our... well, it is nine in the morning. I suppose we will rest in uh, this evening. Yes, okay. Well... You yeah. know, I think it is rude of him. Uh, can I make an insight check on this creepo? Yeah, a creepo. Okay. Uh, nineteen. You get the feeling that first of all, this person is very hard to read. I mean, they don't have a normative type of kind of emotional display. This is just how they display themselves. It's they're harder to read than some other people, which doesn't to you mean anything against their kind of sincerity you actually get the feeling that this person takes their job very seriously that they built the rangers association themselves and love doing jobs for people in the town whether they're citizens or not so when you told him that you were looking for a large creature 
and you thought that it came through town, he thought it only right for him to send out people looking for this creature so that he could help you move on on your way to find the creature that you're looking for. He did it out of politeness. Sick. Because it's his job. The Rangers Association, I'll tell you this even though your characters wouldn't really know it, the Rangers Association was made to be like the hunters of the hunter-gatherer situation in this town when it was first being built. Get... What the fuck is his name? Why did Garidriel. I write his name? Garidriel started the uh, Rangers Association as a way to hunt and provide meat for this town way back when it was founded. And he has since been here as in uh, pretty much a mortal being, um, building the Rangers Association as also a kind of like search and rescue team, a foraging team. Like they do all kinds of things for this town. And he just wants to do right by the people who come through because they help the economy. Nice. Mm. And that's what you get on a 19. That was a lot. That was a lot. Okay, fine. I asked the jock where the best place to sleep is. I would highly recommend the the goose down. It's, it's, uh, It's, you know... It's in town. Hold on. I gotta look at my map. <laughs> it's at the south side of town. Right when you enter town, it's uh, it's the only inn on the main strip. The Goose Down. They've got a tavern there as well if you're hungry. Nice. I am right. It's like nine in the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No time has passed since you were gone. Fuck. Well. well no, I mean, that shouldn't stop you from sleeping if you're sleepy, right? <laughs> No, that's true. I just hate to waste a day when we could be searching for an unbelievable magical animal from space. That's true. I just heard myself through your microphone. Sorry, Jamie. I can hear you through your door. I'm very loud. I'm a very <laughs> loud boy. Uh, uh, so what are we doing? It, it is bedtime. It, it is bedtime. All right, let's go. To the goose town. Uh, yeah, you guys traveled back towards the south end of town. This is the whole length of town again. This is getting to be a bit tedious. Um, And you enter the goose down. Um, Three little bells chime above your head as you enter this very warm, uh, very sweetly scented building. uh, And a very small, old human woman comes out from uh, a little kind of uh, office room uh, just behind a little wooden desk. And she says, oh, Hi, um, welcome to the Goose Down. Are you here to eat or sleep? It's nine in the morning. Are you here to sleep? Yes, we are very tired. All right. Well, there's... We look very bad. You know what? This is an adventuring country, and we are a way stop to Golinson. We see all types of folks, so you're not the first injured people wayward coming through town. Um, so if you're here to rest up for the night and maybe tend to your wounds, uh, there is, for this specific reason, a first aid kit in each room. Oh, that's lovely. You are welcome. Now, would you like two rooms or one? Uh... We have, let me look at my ledger quickly, please, 182 silver and 225 gold, which I'm going to go ahead and assume is plenty for two rooms. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how much it. is a, how much is two rooms? Two rooms would be two gold. Fantastic. Oh. We would take it. Great. She, uh, she 
reaches under the desk and pulls out two brass keys with little leather embossed tags on them that say uh, room 4B and room 4C. And she uh, leads you down a hall and shows you to your doors. She says, uh, checkout will be tomorrow morning, same time. Uh, Otherwise, it'll be another two gold. Uh, Merci. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. And she uh, waddles off back towards the front office. You guys just going to take a long rest? Um, Or are you going to do something else? Well, if we take a long rest now, we're going to wake up and be around for the night. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. How long is a long rest? Sorry. It's eight hours? Uh, I think eight hours for you, four hours for Mido. Oh, okay. Because um, what? It's 9 a.m.-ish? Yeah. We could sleep through the day, then go out at tavern time. Drunk people are more talkative. Fair enough. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, yeah, you guys take a long rest. You recover all your hit points and spell slots. Nice. And you wake up just in time to smell this woman's dinner cooking down in the tavern. And you can kind of hear you can kind of hear a little bit of rowdiness happening from down the hall, down from the dining area. I take one sniff of the dinner and I'm like, "Oh my god, I've never been this hungry before in my entire life." <laughs> Uh, yeah, you I guys... do that thing where like the scent clouds like pull me by my nose down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> Very Looney Tunes, I love it. Very Looney Tunes. Yeah, I'm going for dinner. You guys go down and you enter the dining room, and it seems like there's a a, a pretty hefty amount of regulars in here. This is pretty small for a tavern. It doesn't seem like uh, this woman really serves very many people. If you were to venture a guess, uh, you would say that this is not the only restaurant in town, and in fact is. Not one of the most frequented ones. These seem like regulars, and there's only one table left open, and it's a table for two. Are there empty chairs? Like, could we drag two chairs over and just make it a table for four? Yeah, you can make it happen. Neat. Uh, Okay, yeah, you guys have pulled four chairs over to this small table, and you're sitting there and uh, waiting to be waited upon. What are you doing? Are you just sort of listening to the crowd as they talk? Do a little eavesdropping. Uh, Okay, you hear a lot of farm talk. You also hear a lot of industry talk. There seems to be two kinds of people in this room, people who work the crop farms and the animal farms and uh, people who um, work in the arcane laboratories in this town. And um, both are very interested in work and both are very eager to have a night off. I say loudly to my friends, uh... Did any of you see that, uh, well, I'm not sure what it was, that uh, big uh, red animal come through here last night? I just, the goal is I just want to, like, if anybody around us hears me say that, maybe Hmm. they'll start talking about it, too. Uh, I, too, saw such a creature. It was large and red, and I would like to talk to others who may have seen the same thing. Yes, quite large, in fact. Perhaps it was a large being wearing a red garment with both feathers and cloth. Ah, yes. I did think I saw red cloths on the uh, creature. Yes, and even more strangely, arguably, was that the creature dropped blue sand behind it as it passed. Did you notice that anywhere? Uh, Yes. Perhaps it is from a desert somewhere. Hmm. As you guys are having this 
loud, very almost <laughs> scripted conversation, uh, the group in the table next to you begins laughing about a joke that one of them made, and almost nobody hears the conversation you're having. It's pretty loud in here. Dang. <laughs> that was my best attempt. I roll. I will have you know, I rolled a luck check on that multiple times. I rolled three fours in a row. Oh. Okay. Where's our waitress? I'm hungry. Uh, yes, as you guys are sitting here, kind of uh, woeing over your failed uh, insight of conversation, she bustles over, haggard and like she's, you know, been running miles in this in the kitchen, uh, and she says, "Oh, you came down for dinner. That's great. Um, well, what do you three have? We've got a uh, we've got a great." stew going in the kitchen we've got some brisket we've got a bit, little bit of venison the uh, rangers association made a great haul this week and then of course we've got steamed vegetables i would like one of everything please she is a little bit shocked by that and she says well that dearie that'll basically be about four meals how about half plates do you do small plates petit plates she kind of sighs like you're wasting your time and she says i could do Smaller servings and charge you for two meals. That is perfect. I'm sorry to put you through this trouble, but it smells unbelievably near, and I would like to eat as much as humanly possible while I am in this establishment. Sure, so that's four gold for you, for your two, four, four small meals. Thank you. And then anybody else? I will take four tankards of your finest ale. I'll have the same. <laughs> That'll oh, be... Dieu. Four gold for each of you as well, then. Four tankards of ale. <laughs> and Miss, Miss, uh, you there. Which one? You, the pretty one. Hey, blue lady, she's talking Me? to you. I just want oh, a Diet dear. Coke. Allie. <laughs> 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 no! Allie drove to Subway just for a Diet Coke the other night. It was amazing. I do love Diet Coke, but come on, Allie. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, yeah, you guys have a, a good dinner here. Um, nobody pays any mind to you. You don't overhear any conversation about a creature or even red static, to be completely honest. Um, and you pay up and uh, do you go straight back to your room or do you go out into the town? It's about 6.30 p.m. now. The sun is setting. and I keep calling you call her Marsha P. Johnson. <laughs> and then also Marsha Clark. Her name is Marsha um, May. Marsha May. I love that. Um, is there any chance that Marsha May lives in that giant building at the top of the town? Because I hope she does, because I want to go to that. I think right she now, has the posh she has the posh accent that feels like she should live in a very big house. Uh I you haven't been up there, so you wouldn't know. Oh, that's a good point. How do we even find her? Damn. I, I feel bad walking around the town being like, excuse me, where does the little girl live? We are looking for the little girl. We're looking for the little girl with those pretty dresses. Well, uh, perhaps we should... Uh, uh, no, I have nothing. I have no idea. I am, I, I am so enamored by the food that is in front of me right now, I literally cannot think of anything else. The mashed potatoes with this brisket? Mwah! Unreal. True, but I feel like we're not going to find out much more here, and we got to go exploring. Jamie didn't make this big map for us to sit still in it. 
Yeah, I definitely want to explore. Okay, you guys leave the restaurant and you travel up north through the center of town. And uh, as you go, you see it's pretty, there's a pretty busy nightlife out here. There's uh, a lot of people uh, out in the streets, a lot of people going from uh, place to place, kind of bar hopping and restaurant hopping and store hopping as things are still open, though the sun is setting. As you walk through the town, you are spotted by a stuffy older man who sees you in your roughed up clothing and sees a group of people that he's not familiar with traveling in what must be an adventuring party. And he says, oh, well, hello, welcome to Conistry. I hope you're enjoying your stay. I am town master, Billsby Hinderforth. It is a pleasure to have you in my town. What brings you to Conistry? We are on a noble quest, seeking the mysterious source of a magic that has touched all of our lives. Wonderful. I am a big supporter of adventures and adventuring parties. If you are in search of clothes, I highly implore you to go check out our new indoor market. Plenty of people are already selling there. There's plenty of stalls to choose from. Well, I suppose we should go get clothes then. Yes. Well, then I was I should point you in the direction of the um the indoor market. See, it's that big brand new gigantic building up at the north end of town, uh, just before the Exit towards Gittlin, get, uh, get, get, gotta get the other fucking town that it goes for us. Golinson. It's that big. It's that big town that you thought was Marsha May's house. It's C six. Near the end of Golinson. Near the end of town on the street that leads to Golinson. Oh, I didn't hear that. Sorry. Cool. Um, Why was it because I didn't enunciate enough? <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but you know, life happens. I want to ask the town master. Have you seen anything strange and magic pass through town? Any creatures with, like, a big red glow? Hmm. He kind of uh, thinks to himself and he says, Well, I mean, we do live in a magically blossoming world, so there's bound to be magic accidents all the time. I see people coming in with plenty of arcane injuries and things of that sort, but red glow you say now well i did experience a very strange sort of red thunderstorm with no rain or thunder but the lightning there was a little bit of red lightning i noticed just about um this morning i'd say around perhaps 9 a.m but nothing ever came of it there was no rain no hail or anything of the sort it was just sort of red lightning and then it passed so yes I suppose that could have been arcane, but what would I know? Hmm. Is there any magical expert in town who might know more? A wizard of some kind or a witch, perhaps? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. It has not been a, a large topic of conversation today. Ah, well, uh, thank you very much. I suppose we will go find those uh, clothes now. Of course, enjoy uh, the uh, indoor market. is one of my favorite of our new building sites. So I hope you enjoy, and I hope it brings you some convenience. Indeed. Uh, merci, Monsieur Rinderforth. He uh, waves at you. He has no idea what you just said. I walk away. Okay. Uh, you guys uh, walk towards the north end of town. It is, uh, like I said, C6, that very large building towards the northern end of town. Just as he said, as you enter, it is basically a large mall, but it's set up as booths. So it's more like a 
like a farmer's market, but indoors. Um, and there are all kinds of stalls. There are produce stalls, provision stalls, meat stalls from the uh, Rangers Association, clothing stalls, all kinds of things. No weaponry stalls, though. What are you going to first? In the time that we're in this mall, Jean-Pierre would love to look for um, rare, interesting ingredients, whatever happens to be around at the food stalls. You happen upon a nomadic vendor uh, who has just traveled from Golinson to here, but it's not from Golinson, uh, and they have an assortment of rare wild mushrooms, the likes of which you have never seen. Pardon me, are they edible? Uh, Most of them, yes. Uh, Which ones? Uh, I would like to not eat the inedible ones, lest they cause me some uh, problems. He motions to um, the mushrooms that are stacked on a green velvet stand uh, and says, these are all edible. And then he motions to a very small assortment of mushrooms that are in a red velvet stand. And he says, these are Highly poisonous. Very dangerous. Ah, uh, thank you for separating them. Uh, What is the flavor like? Are these any good in cooking? Yes, they're very earthy. Some of them are actually quite sweet. And some of them are a little um, uh, meaty. Ah, very good. Uh, I will take... uh, Are they separated by those flavors? Yeah, kind of. Or it's just sort of like a bunch of mushrooms thrown together. No, they're kind of uh, organized in some sort of like flavor way. He seems to have tried most of them. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just want a couple of them. Just assorted mushrooms. Maybe six or seven. Okay, I'd say that's uh, eight silver. Uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. These are rare and delicious. I hope you make something grand. With them, he's got Billsby Hinderforth's voice. I, he's a little less gruff than Billsby. Oh. I heard the difference. Thank you, thank you. It's hard for me to do man voices. Yeah, fair enough. Are you guys doing any more shopping, or are you leaving the mall? Uh, I'm good. I am an ascetic monk. I do not want for material things. Yeah, Billy is all set too. She's itching to chase that bird. As you presumably exit the mall. You are met on the street by um, Garidriel and a few of his rangers. And he says, I hope you're enjoying the evening. I would just like to let you know that my rangers have picked up the trail of your presumed creature. I thought this might be of utmost oh. importance to tell you. Well. It's, uh, it's a trail. We're actually right by it here. You can see uh, he motions. Is it leading directly north? It is leading directly north, yes, alongside the, uh, the trail to Golan Sin. My we suspicions are confirmed. We didn't track it all the way, but it seems to be heading in that direction. Perhaps, we will be, uh, perhaps it will be easier to follow the trail in the evening when we, uh, at least two of us, can see the, uh, the sparkle of the red lightning. I I leave you with this information, and I I trust you will find your own way from here. My rangers are uh, set due north at the exit to town, and they will um, assist you in picking up the trail where they have left off. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, You are welcome. uh, Before we go, if we poke around the mall, is there a stall selling, like, trinkets or anything? 
Not really. This seems to be a very utilitarian kind of thing still. Um, There's nobody that's making like, I don't know, little dolls or something, dream catchers. Uh, <laughs> no. Are you going to buy something for Marsha May? Yes, I want to deliver it through Garidriel. So uh, she doesn't know we just fucking like left and never saw her again. That feels so mean. So is there like a clothing vendor that sells materials rather than like clothes? Is there like a hat and some feathers and like some sparkly things we can buy and ship her off, ship off to Marsha? Uh, there's a fabric seller and she's got some uh, very fun embroidered scarves and things. Okay. Like sashes and things like that. Yeah. Ribbons <sighs> and things. A pretty sash to replace Marsha's. Okay. Like a pastel pink sash with like something pretty on it. That's all I want. Yes. Okay. It's got a it's got a little red flower design on it. Fantastic. Uh, How much? Uh we'll say that was five silver for one sash. Worth it. I go to Garidriel and I approach him very aggressively. And I realize that's not quite the tone, but I feel like that's very JP. And I say, uh, excuse me. I need you to give this to a uh, a girl here in town. Do you know her? Her name is Marsha. Yes, I am aware of Marsha. Her parents have a lot of money and they spend it on meat. Indeed. Well, I need you to get this to Marsha. Okay. Uh, Will do. You, if you would, if you would give her a a message as well, it is from her friends with the feathers. This is from her friends with the feathers. We, oui, uh, Feather yes. friends. Yes, uh, give that to her. Let her know it is from us, the friends with the feathers, and that uh, we will not forget her, and we may be back in the future, perhaps. That's, uh, okay, your message is getting longer. I'm going to go. Um, yes, yeah, that is the best, probably. Yes, okay, yes. Good Good luck on your travels. And he, uh, Indeed, good he like, away. shuffles off before he can talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And I turn to my compatriots and I say, this changes nothing. I still hate children. Uh, never bring this up again. <laughs> you like children, don't you? <laughs> Gross. Horrifying. Hey, it's your DM, Jamie. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Attempted Adventure. I hope you liked it. We are having so much fun with this season, and I hope that you're having fun listening. If you are liking what you're hearing, I highly suggest you follow us on whichever platform it is you get your favorite podcasts on. That way you're always updated when a new episode goes up. And if you would be so kind as to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, that would be very, very helpful. There's some really nice reviews on there already, but we're always looking for more to boost the word. Uh, We don't pay for any advertising. So if you could leave a rating and review, that would absolutely help us out as a small podcast. Also, if you want to keep an eye out for what's going on with the show, I highly recommend you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at AdventureCast. I always post a trailer or a notification for the new episodes that come out every Monday, and I will always let you know there first if uh, for some reason a new episode is either going to be late or not coming out one particular week. We also post other things like polls and like fun interactions with the D&D community, so uh, follow us on there to to keep an eye on the show and kind of get to know us a little bit. I just wanted to put this out there. I don't know if you know this or not, but we do have a website. It's attemptedadventure.com. You can listen to our entire feed there. Every episode of seasons one and two and our mini season, The Haunting of Maplecliff Manor, DM'd by Matt. You can also find out all of the platforms that were on there. You can listen to the trailer for season two. 
And there's also a fun little about page where you can get to know us. So please check that out if you haven't already. I really, really hope that you're looking forward to the rest of the season. I'm so, so excited to keep putting these out and for you to hear what our adventurers have been up to. But as always, friends, I will catch you in the next one. Bye.